0: Wanted to share a little uh, testimony and of uh, where I'm coming from, uh, a little bit of who I am, and I want to just basically give all the praise to God for 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 how far I've gone in my Christian walk and me as a me as a young man, uh, Nav- Navajo man. But to kind of just start us off, uh, tell you a little bit about my past and. Basically, for years, um, I tried to stop, uh, self-destructive behavior, but, uh, I was only able to, to curb it, you know, um, weekly drinking binges and, uh, even drug use and unhealthy relationships and self-loathing kind of became my obsession when, and then when my physical health finally started to begin to, um, deteriorate, I finally reached out for help. And I found that um, uh, counseling basically just only managed my anger for for a moment. I was an angry young man, and I was angry at the world. I was angry at my father, angry about uh, everything, angry about school, angry about my life, and only just uh, curbed it, uh, managed my anger for a little bit. Medication only delayed my anxieties, you know, I had depression and anxiety disorder and staying busy at best, you know, just kind of distracted me from the constant, (coughs) constant thoughts of suicide. Um, I was a suicidal person as a young, young man, and I did basically everything I could to remedy my own, what they call, I guess their mental illness, right? And. And yet, I continued to continue down this road of misery. And sometimes even faster than I was going before. And um, my my life started to spiral down, downward. And I was uh, starting to uh, really experiment with drugs and alcohol big time and just really letting go of myself. But uh, basically, it was in a hot and musty room in downtown flag um, in a jail cell I was reminded of my complete, complete helplessness and, and deprived state and I was thrown in jail for the second time for DUI, drunken driving for the second time in a year and I laid on top of that that bunk I was at my lowest point in my life and it, it was there that God spoke to me in a soft whisper. And by this time, I had lost everything in my life. I was a young man living in Flagstaff, trying to go to college and trying to, trying to make it. But I couldn't. I was fired from my job. I couldn't hold a job. Um, my girlfriend dumped me <laughs> because I drank too much. I was kicked out of my apartment because I assaulted my my roommate. My vehicle was impounded. Um, my dream of playing music, uh, being a, a, a musician, just went down the drain. You know, my pride was all gone. I was completely humiliated. I was lost. But um, despite all of this, I could finally hear God's word, God's voice in my in my mind, because I had lost. All my pride of life, you know. But through my bloodshot eyes, I could just see myself laying there on that bunk, in all my humility, and I cried out to God, and and I finally, finally acknowledged Him, and I, I, I believe this this was probably be back in 1998 or 97. I think it was 97 that I was I was saved. I was. I was redeemed. God saved me. He saved my, my life and He saved my soul. And I take no glory by telling this short story of the days, these days behind me. Um, in fact, it's like I, I tell it with great shame as, as I disclose it. But I tell my story to testify about the absolute saving power of God even for the worst of people. Um, I tell it so others may see that God is relentless. He's relentless in chasing us. He's he's in pursuit of us only because we're running from Him. I want to tell you that today. Those of you that don't know God, we're running from Him. I tell it to give you hope, to give us hope. (laughs) So, yeah, I tell it so we can realize there's There's nothing we can humanly do to fix ourselves. You know, I've tried it all when I was living in my sin. I tried tried taking medication, I tried counseling, I tried everything. But I couldn't humanly fix myself and remedy my, my, my illness. The best I can do is to either delay, distract, or disguise my sinful condition. Delay, distract, or disguise it. Psalm, um, Psalm one five says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in my sin my mother conceived me. So basically that says we were all born in sin. When, when we were born, we had a sinful nature. And you never have to teach a child to lie, right? You never have to teach a child to hide and, 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 and uh, be deceitful. They learn it on their own. We learn it on our own. So since we were born we were born with the sin nature. Jeremiah 17:9 17, 17:9 9, 17, 9 says the heart is more deceitful than all else, okay? And it is desperately sick. Who can understand it? And that's talking about man's heart, our hearts. That is more deceitful than anything else. And it is it is desperately ill. You know, there's no one that we can tame animals, but we cannot tame ourselves and tame man. So even the Bible teaches that, that we are just helpless in our condition. As I was, I couldn't fix myself. I couldn't do anything to to stop doing what I was doing. And if God never intervened in my life when he did, I don't think I would have been here today. I would be dead six feet under, or I would have been in prison, you know. But, you know, man's remedy for his sinful condition, his band-aid for his sinful condition can only delay and distract or disguise things. You know, um, as far as that delay, you know, we can only delay our sinful nature because, you know, when we try to remedy it, for a lot of us, we go counseling. We go to intervention programs. We, but in in reality, we can only delay our addictive behaviors. Some of you know what addiction is, right? We're addicted to alcohol. We're addicted to drugs. We're addicted to caffeine. We're addic- some of us addicted to pornography. Addicted to all kinds of sins. But because those things only address the physical and and rarely, to hardly, the spiritual, like counseling and uh, medications and things like that, it, it just can simply push those things forward, forward into the future, those damaging behaviors. And for for an example, um, for example, from my experience and research, a majority of alcoholics go back to drink, to to the drink after a period of time. And it's only a matter of time, you know. So, and also, that word distract. I've used this in, in work so many times. You know, when I used to work with kids, and I used to work with kids, and I used to say, let's give us let's give these kids something to do. So they can stay out of trouble. Let's build up basketball courts, let's let's make skate parks, um, community centers and so what so they can stay busy and, and stay out of trouble. And so that hopefully maybe they can stop drinking, right? And or smoking or, you know, whatever. But from my experience, distraction is only temporary. Our true nature and habit will always prevail in the end. And some of us also like to disguise, try to disguise our sinful behavior as well, right? Can you can some of you relate to that? We can only do so much to disguise and hide our sin. We can look like we have it all together on the outside, looking happy, you know, having the best clothes, the best life. And, and the best Instagram page, the best Facebook page and filters make us look good. And we can put out the best life in social media, even, but in reality, how are we you know behind all of those filters and behind all of those um, social media posts f b stories flax uh, facebook stories, behind all the quotes you post, behind all the wonderful selfies that we post, really, how is your life? does it really reflect what you put out? each and every day when you walk out and go to work or when you interact with people, how is your private life? So my point is only we can only do so much to remedy our condition, this sinful nature, this addiction, low self-esteem, depression, pride, grief, so on. Because I've been there. <clears throat> and the enemy, an enemy who is Satan, knows all of our our faults and our shortcomings. And he capitalizes on those relentlessly each and every day. And I can tell you that Satan is relentless. He is the champion of rebellion. You know, he's powerful also and he never rests. He's relentless at coming at you and causing you harm. You know, consistently poking and prodding at your every weakness with temptation. And we are helpless before Satan. But... You know, God is more powerful. I want to teach that today. And that He is our only hope in defeating sin. He is the only one that can truly change us from the inside out. He there's no delaying, there's no distracting, there's no disguising of our sin with God. He's not in the business of behaviour modification here today. Counselors like to say behavior modifying, modification. God's not about that. He's in the business of transformation, my people. And in Christ, we don't become better versions of ourselves, okay? And I'm going to share some verses after this. We become something completely new and different. We're our old self along with the sinful nature will die and has died and a new self, self will come and I'm not saying life will be all roses once you become a believer or a Christian you know there will be struggle there will be failure, there will be disappointment there will be death, there will be despair as long as we are living in our earthly bodies but I want to say today, praise God that we can be sanctified daily and soon glorified when he returns. And I think that time is coming. That time is nearing when, when, when God will return, when Jesus will return, especially with all our world events, with the pandemic and our civil unrest. Our country is just really divided now between politics and leaders and uh, opinions and morals and morality. And I think our world is just really um really going down, so I want to just appeal to all of you here that are listening and hearing or watching is to is to is to make a decision make a choice of um make a choice of for your eternity of who you're gonna follow and who you're gonna serve uh because from coming from me here today I'm going to tell you that God is real. And God changed my life. He changed me from the inside out. Um, he, he did something inside me that I would never have been able to do on my own. You know. Um Second Corinthians five seventeen says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And there's an exclamation mark at the end of that sentence. It says, the old has gone. And the new is here. That's what Paul said. So if you're in Christ, if you are a believer, your old self will die. And the new self, the new creation that the believer in Christ is going to come is you're going to be a new man, a brand new person. But like I said, I believe we're in the last days and and I believe Jesus is coming soon. Now, maybe um, right now, a lot of us might be dealing with uncertainty and, and, and stress and anxiety. We watch a lot of news. We're on social media every day and we see what's going on and we hear what's going on and it's very troubling it's very upsetting, and it can cause a lot of anxiety, and it causes even depression, and people are even killing themselves and uh, taking their own lives by suicide. You know, these lockdowns, um, curfews, and uh, people dying from the coronavirus, and it's just, it's just a really bad time. Uh, things that are happening are just really bad. And it's causing a lot of ang- angst and anxiety, I believe. But I want I wanna I wanna encourage you during this time is to let you know that God's still in control. He is in complete control of everything. He has not lost control. And that I wanna let you know today that He can be trusted during this time. You know, like I mentioned, all these things going on in our world events. Jesus is coming soon, and the time is of the essence. The time we have is very short. And by that, I mean that time is short, you know. It's coming. It's running out. So if if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I I, I plead with you to make a decision today today. My friends and and my family, tomorrow is not not guaranteed. Um, Our health is not guaranteed. Your job security is not guaranteed. Even our freedoms are not guaranteed in this country. Nothing, nothing's guaranteed. 2019, December, 2019. we thought we would have our health, we thought we would have our jobs, we thought we would have our freedoms, we thought we would have everything. But what came in 2020, you know, all of our lives were almost turned upside down in one day. So, me saying this is just is this basically a testimony, a testi- testimony to this fact that life is not guaranteed. Some of you might have lost your job. Some of you might have um, been laid off or put on furlough. You don't know when your next... Where your next meal will come from. Where How are you going to pay for your vehicles? How are you going to pay for your rent? Um, some of y'all have had family members that died as a result of the co- coronavirus... Some of you might be sick with the coronavirus. Some of you are not sick. Thank God, not sick, but you're afraid that you might get sick. So, I want to just appeal to you people, my people, my Navajo people especially, um, the answer is in Jesus Christ. The, the hope that I have, yes, the world events are scary but i have a hope that this is not it this life that we're living is not it and there's a there's a bigger life ahead of us beyond this life and that's eternity with god and all the people that were that died in christ that were believers that believed in jesus christ those that i love that passed on before me i'm going to see him again someday and, and we're going to have a a really awesome reunion so um, my question for you today is uh, do you know where you're going after you die do you know where you're going after you die and almost time almost every time I ask this question when I was maybe talking to someone about my faith Every almost every time, probably 90-95% of the time when they ask this question to an, another person, do you know where you're going to go after you die? They respond, I want to go to heaven. Or I want to go to a better place. You know, innately, we're hardwired by God to know that He exists. That's what the Bible says. So whether we accepted or not i believe that we all have this innate knowledge that god exists and that heaven exists so when when people respond to me i want to go to heaven i want to be in a better place when i die but i'm not sure how to get there that's that's a lot of times that's their response but today i want to tell you that you can know for sure that you will go to heaven after you die. Did you know that? And I tell these people the same thing. It's okay. Yeah, you wanna go to heaven? That's awesome, that's great. And you just told me you're not sure how you're gonna get there. But do you know there's a sure way for you to know that you're gonna be in heaven after you die? You know, and and they say, wow, really? And that this just opens a door for me to share Christ with them in the gospel. But I tell them, but you know, there's a, there's a problem with this. It's called sin. There's this problem of sin. We need to, and I tell them, the problem with what you want right now is that you need to be perfect to go to heaven. And they say, oh, okay, what does that mean? I say you need to be completely sinless. You need to be morally perfect, perfect in every way, inside and out. And that's God's standard to enter to heaven. I tell these people, and they say, "Wow, that's that's a pretty high standard. (laughs) How do I reach that?" You know, I do okay. I do good. I I I give to charities. I give to. uh, I put my money into offering every Sunday. I don't cuss. Um, I never cheat on my spouse. I'm a morally, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. So, but then my response to that is, God has a standard. And he wants us to come to him on his terms. Not our terms. God wants us to come to him on his terms. So there's a couple of verses I want to share before I end this morning. Um, this is the good news here. The gospel of Jesus Christ here. Paul in 1 Corinthians fifteen three through 4 says, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. And that he was buried, and that was he was raised on the third day, in accordance with the scriptures. Jesus Christ came and died for your sins, and he was raised from the dead three days later. That's the essence of the gospel. There, but like I tell people, there's this problem of sin, and you might say, "I consider myself to be a good person." Won't that be enough? Be enough to get to heaven, James? You know. And I and I say no. Romans ten, Romans three ten to twelve says otherwise. It says no, you're not good enough. It says as it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. You know, that's not me saying these words. This is God's words. This is in the Bible. It says not even one person is righteous. Not even one. Not Nobody seeks out for God. Nobody turns to God on their own. No one does good, not even one. So in, in that case, you know, the answer to that question is, I consider myself to be a good person is, no, you can't. You're not. That's what the Bible teaches. That's kind of bad news, right? <laughs> but, and then you might say, "Well, oh, my sin isn't really a big deal. What, what's, what's the big deal about my sin? Everybody does it. Um... I I haven't I haven't killed anyone. Uh, I don't cheat on my wife or my husband. I might lie a little bit here and there, but my sin's not really a big deal. Um, the Bible says in Romans six twenty three, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God, is life, eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It says the wages of sin is death. When you have a job and you punch in every morning and you clock in and you work eight hours and you clock out you earned eight hours of pay at your job because you worked those are the that's the wages the money you earned because you worked but in the same sense in the context of this verse we have all earned sin and we have all earned death because of our sin uh, that's probably the best, easiest way I can um, interpret this verse is and explain it, is that we've earned eternal death away from God because of our sin. So sin is a big deal. It's a big deal. Because of that, we, we, we would be separated from God for all eternity. And okay, now you might say, All right you convincing if my sin is a really that big of a deal is there any hope James if, if sin's that big of a deal big enough to send me to hell for all eternity and I can't help myself and there's nothing I can do to remedy this condition is there hope what what can I do is, why are you telling me this okay glad you asked <laughs> Romans 5.8 It says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is your remedy, people. God loved us so much that even though we had our backs turned against him and we had nothing to do with him, he still sent Christ to die for our sins. So Christ became the substitute for our for our sins and our death that we deserve. He died in our place. He died in your of the gospel, my people. There is hope. There is hope. Okay, I just told you there is hope. Maybe now you're wondering, how do I get a hold of this hope? How can I be saved, James? How, how how can I partake of this gift of eternal life that you just told me about? Romans 10, 9 and 13 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For everyone who calls, 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, if we believe in our heart, in the depths of everything we are, our motives, our our, our desires, the intents of our our hearts, everything deep inside the seat of our emotions, everything out, we believe in Jesus Christ, that he died on a cross for our sins and we trust in that, and we trust in Him, God's going to save us. If you call upon God today and cry out, God, save me, it says, everyone who calls on His name will be saved. So I I want to challenge you all with that this morning. um, These verses are very powerful verses, especially more powerful when it's told out of the vessel of a young man, Navajo man like me, that it becomes real. And hopefully it's real for you when you heard this message this morning. And uh, you know, Christmas is coming upon us. Christmas is coming upon us soon. And I want to redirect all of our, our, our attention toward Jesus Christ and, and him coming to be born as a, as a baby 2000 years ago. And I want to read this verse here, or read this quote that I wrote, concerning Jesus Christ being born. God became a, um, He became a man. He became a man and He became limited to a human being to be born of a virgin thousand years ago so so he could come and save us and, and be our savior so listen to this this, for the first time in all eternity the almighty star breather became vulnerable to hunger want fear pain and death why because of love and glory On Christmas night, the omnipotent became weak. The omniscient became ignorant. The omnipresent became limited. In a lowly manger, God the Son was wrought from out of the womb of his own creation. Stripped of divine privileges and became a man. He was born to live perfection for me and to die a terrible death to satisfy the wrath against my sin. Yes, his life and death was all for his father's glory, but also it was for my future glorification and for my sin. You know, our reason for the season when it comes to Christmas is Jesus. But God's reason for this season is you. How's that? By crushing his son for us on the cross so that he may atone for the sins of the world. Isn't that so true, my people? And as I end here, you know, I I pray that you maybe made a confession of faith today by listening to this message. You know what 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 do I do now? The Bible says be baptized. The Bible says be a witness, be a proclaimer of the gospel now. You need to find a church body, church to go to. Read the Bible every day. Find someone that can mentor you. So, thank you everyone for for hearing me and listening to this message today. And I just wanna end with a quick prayer here. Lord God, we thank you for the time here. And I pray that even one listener might've made a confession of faith faith and or even just um, struck some curiosity because we're all hurting. We're all uh, in in this pandemic together. We're all in the same storm, but maybe we're in different boats. Father, we, we might be struggling in different various ways and we shouldn't minimize one another how we're struggling father everything means everyone's struggles mean something here today and i pray that um this might have resonated somehow in someone that was listening here for encouragement maybe a rededication of life of a of a believer who's already who knows jesus or even more so a new believer has come out today from uh from, from the woodwork. Thank you, Lord. I just pray you just intervene in that person's life. If it's just one person, praise God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.